a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources. Inside Sources, Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. It is wonderful to be with you today. Hope you're having a great day out there. Uh, as always, uh, we are trying to divide the rage from the reason for you, help you make the news make sense. Uh, and really get to the things that matter most, uh, ultimately. Uh, really interesting. If you missed the first part of the program, again, you can always pick up the podcast, uh, which will be coming up here uh, shortly as we move through the afternoon. And uh, as always, you want to get that KSL News Radio app uh, sponsored by Any Hour Services on your phone or mobile device so that you uh, don't miss a thing. Because uh, if you missed the first half of the show today, you missed a lot. Uh, we had uh, Senator Mitt Romney uh, join us right off the top of the hour uh, talking about three really important things that are happening in Washington today. Uh, he's going to to bat for all those who are interested in family history research, genealogy research, whether that's the uh, full-time professional genealogist or whether that's someone doing their own family history. Uh, the, the government had proposed uh, a 500% increase on the fees uh, for uh, getting access to some of those records, those immigration records, those visa application records, things that are really important to uh, chart family history with. And so uh, with that, it was it was a very classic maneuver uh, in my view that here you had an agency uh, just casually posting uh, that they were going to raise these fees, no justification for the raise in the fees. Uh, Senator Romney said, uh, you know, Fees are fine and increasing fees are fine as long as they're commensurate with the service that's being performed. There's nothing wrong with the American people paying fees for some of these things, uh, but it needs to be a fair fee. It needs to be a transparent fee, and it needs to be one that has some accountability with it as well. The thing that was stunning to me was that the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services officials who were asked about it uh, would not comment on it how they came up with the new fee structure, what it was for, what it meant. Uh, And here you have an agency, according to other reports and other sources that I spoke with in Washington, D.C., from other uh, Senate offices, uh, was that the the agency, the USCIS, is uh, facing a $1.26 billion annual budget shortfall. (laughs) That is a big budget shortfall for one agency. And so here they're they're trying to collect fees to kind of make up the gap in uh, in their own mismanagement in terms of how they're running their operation. And so I applaud uh, Senator Romney and others uh, that are jumping on this and saying, wait a minute, uh, you're not going to try to sneak this through just with a, a very quiet, open comment period. Uh, there'll be some accountability and possibly even legislation to 
to uh, monitor how that happens and moves along. Uh, and so there are good things happening in Washington. Uh, there are good people on both sides of the political aisle who are engaged in conversations that matter on legislation that is important, public policy that makes a difference for so many. Uh, and so while we do have a lot of the rage going on as it relates to the impeachment proceedings, uh, the first half of the day today has been wall-to-wall in the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, fortunately for all of you and for all of us, they are currently on a break. <laughs> so so currently the House Judiciary Chamber is quiet, uh, which hasn't happened uh, all morning today. A lot of shouting, a lot of accusations back and forth, not a lot of real debate going on. They did vote on some amendments to the articles of impeachment from both sides. Uh, none of those are going anywhere. They were all voted down. It'll be interesting to see uh, what they do when they come back this afternoon and when they'll actually take a vote. Could come as uh, early as this evening, may not come till tomorrow. Uh, But it is expected that the House Judiciary Committee will vote uh, to move the articles of impeachment to the full House, to the floor of the House. And my guess is it'll take about a week or so. And so they'll probably take a a final vote in the House on those two articles of impeachment. That will probably happen around the 19th or 20th. It would be ironic if that vote took place on the 19th of December. And the reason that would be ironic is that is the day in 1998 when the House voted to on articles of impeachment against President Bill Clinton. That would be a little bit of irony for that to happen uh, and maybe indicative of where we're headed uh, sadly, if if this becomes the new normal uh, with presidents that you disagree with, that uh, articles of impeachment become the weapon as opposed to the ballot box, then uh, then we're in for some really stormy days ahead as a country. So hopefully it does not come to that. Uh, but again, uh, I did want to point out that there are positive things going on in Washington. People are getting positive things done and having important conversations. And, and that's what we need to focus on. Uh, and again, if you missed our, our last guest, Tim Carney, he's one of my favorite thinkers in Washington, D.C. Uh, he works at the Washington Examiner. He's a visiting fellow at American Enterprise in- Institute, AEI. And he's just really focused on what's happening in small town America and how come some of these little communities are thriving while others are disappearing or vanishing or be- becoming uh, completely crippled by opioid epidemics and closing businesses and schools and, and people exiting and going elsewhere. Uh, and if you missed that uh, part of our conversation, again, listen to the podcast this afternoon uh, or go read his piece on uh, WashingtonExaminer.com. Uh, it is the essence of all that is America. Uh, he described this this town, and really the only thing, there's 29 or 30, there's a big debate at the bar, uh, whether they have 29 or 30 residents uh, in their little town in Iowa. And the thing that holds it together is a Catholic church and a pub, a bar, a restaurant. Uh, and that's where people come, and there's that connectedness that so many around the country, especially in our big cities, are are really longing for, starving for that kind of connection, and and he described how the town came together when one of its members uh, had a spouse pass away. And rather than have this spouse who was mourning the loss of his wife, you know, have to deal with harvest time, uh, everyone came out. There was an army of combines and trucks that came together, not because the government told them to, not because there was a mandate from the state that they had to, but it's because it's what Americans do. It is what Americans do. 
And that's why we can have great hope in the future of the country, despite what's going on in Washington, despite the perceived, and I will say perceived, divide in the country. And I would make the argument that it's not true. We are not that divided as a nation. We just aren't. And there's a lot of people who want us to believe we're too divided. And many of them live in those six counties that are the wealthiest counties in America. Did you know that six out of the ten wealthiest counties in this country are all suburbs of Washington, D.C.? Think about that. Six of the ten wealthiest counties in this country are suburbs of Washington, D.C. Well, what are they doing there? They're not making cars. They're not making computers. They're, they're not harvesting grain. It's all power, money, and influence peddling. And, and so while everyone convening there wants us to believe we're too divided to deal with health care or immigration or refugees or criminal justice, as long as we believe that as Americans, if we think we're too divided to deal with those things, it gives Congress an excuse to do nothing. It gives the president of either political party the excuse to do what they want by executive order And the status quo remains and the people in power stay in power. And so my message is that we got to expect more, not less. We have to expect more, not less. They'll tell us it's hard. They'll tell us it's complicated. They'll tell us we don't understand or that it's too difficult or we're too divided. Don't believe it. And if you want to test it, go out into your community today and do something for somebody else, and watch what comes next. Because the greatness of this country is in our communities, and we should all remember that it's in the hands of we the people. It's always been that way. Community and culture will lead, and the politicians will follow. But that means we the people have to lead. We have to lead. All right, stay with us. We've got one more segment to go today. We're going to talk about value and more on this idea of leadership. You don't want to miss this final segment today. Stay with us. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. You're listening to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio.